वेलकम टू द हिंदूज पॉडकास्ट इन दिस वीक्स पार्ले वी एग्जामिन वेदर द वेरियस मेजर्स अनाउंस्ड इन द यूनियन बजट आर एन एडिक्वेट पॉलिसी रिस्पॉन्स टू द इकोनॉमिक स्लो डाउन एंड एज टू वेदर द चेंजेस इन डिरेक्ट टैक्सेस आर लाइकली टू हेल्प स्पर consumption led growth to discuss this with us are anand narayan professor of finance at the spj institute of management and research and v shrinivasan a veteran banker professor narayan let me start by asking you the economic survey presented on budget eve stressed wealth creation as a central theme do the budget proposals address this theme and if so to what extent great question suresh um look uh, keeping aside the economic survey for a bit i think uh, what you have to look at from this particular budget is what does it do by way of stimulus which is does it actually spur consumption or investment or get some money going flowing into the system and second does it lay a road map for any kind of uh, deeper structural reforms if both of them come together in the right ingredients then the uh, wealth creation which is indicated in the economic survey should f- uh, follow through um the budget gave a lot of good background you know the three themes aspirational india economic development caring society nobody can have an argument with that um but there were severe constraints when it comes to actually giving any kind of a stimulus uh, the first part given that actually the real fiscal deficit is far higher than is acknowledged by official numbers so while there is a little more clarity available now with um, uh, disclosures around off balance sheet extra bu- budgetary uh, uh, resources which have been raised by public sector enterprises uh, the uh, against the 3.8% and the 3.5% of gdp fiscal deficit budgets for fy20 and fy21 i think the real number is closer to 5.1% of gdp already so in that to that extent frankly uh, finance minister sitaram had very very little space to en- you know uh, announce any further stimulus really i think what we have to be thankful for is that she didn't cut down on spending she continued with the stimulus which has been ongoing for the last 3 4 budgets now in fact government spending is what is holding up gdp growth i think what has been disappointing is the second part uh, suresh on the structural reforms bit uh, there are a lot of good things which have been spoken about uh, on agriculture irrigation you know uh, startups and so on and so forth but some of the real elephants in the room the health of the financial services ecosystems banks and nbfcs um structural issues in sectors such as power telecom airline and shipping real estate construction and third most importantly getting in you know foreign direct investment into manufacturing or, or grabbing some of the supply chains coming out of china on all these three structural fronts uh, personally i was disappointed by the lack of direction in the budget so to answer your question um wealth creation at least it's not constricted the government is not cut down on spending because of fiscal constraints and there are deep fiscal constraints on the structural reforms bit uh, the the budget document itself was disappointing good news of course is the uh, reforms don't happen to have to happen only in the budget they can have happen separately as well but as things stand i don't see enough being done for wealth creation or for the reigniting of the investment cycle in the country 
Thanks a lot. Uh, Mr. Srinivasan, in her opening remarks, the finance minister spoke of this being the budget to boost the common people's incomes and enhance their purchasing power. Now, would the various direct tax changes, in your view, give a boost to incomes and thereby lift consumption spending? Taking off from what Anand was saying, I think India first needs to have the capex investment cycle going, create more jobs, and thereby, thereby sort of increase consumption. I think uh, relying on consumption alone and putting money in the hands of people to consume and therefore stimulate the economy is something which can help in the short term, but in the long term can be can lead to some disastrous results. And uh, really the measures in the budget have attempted to spur consumption. But I think uh, if you look at the direct tax changes on the personal income tax side, I think it is best status quo. I think uh, it's more likely than not people would would be in the same place where they are not opting for the exemptions and staying with it at least as of now till they get more clarity on how exactly these things work and for how long you'll have the option uh, rather than try to sort of give up on the the investments and not take exemptions and live with a lower tax. I think that's the thing which we need to wait and watch. But as of now, if you look at anecdotally, I think since that's the only social security and kitty which people build for their uh, for for their later years, I think it's it's more likely that people will continue with the exemptions. This seems to be a, a broad belief. If we go with that, yeah. I think the status quo is what is maintained. And uh, clearly, in terms of the corporate tax cut happened uh, some time back to stimulate capex investment, but ultimately a lot of the corporate tax sort of relief went to people who possibly didn't need it and uh, not necessarily the capital intensive industries. And so we need to wait and watch in terms of how the capex cycle comes through. And that I think would possibly trigger a much more sustainable consumption cycle than trying to just put money in the hands of people, which also has not happened, and trying to stimulate the economy. So I would think it's uh, at best status quo as my view. Sure. Professor Narayan, a related question. Is there a concern that the new opt-in tax regime could end up impacting savings? Household savings have, after all, been a significant contributor to another crucial pillar of GDP, namely GFCF, gross fixed capital formation. Do you see this being impacted? Um, Suresh, not directly by the measures which have been announced. Uh, sure, at the margin for certain uh, tax slabs, it is possible that uh, financial in in investments and savings which were otherwise encouraged uh, might no longer make sense. But that's a very small number in my opinion. I, I don't think the changes uh, incorporate a big change in the behavior of uh, savings per se. But the broader point you make is quite valid. Uh, the savings rate in, in financial savings rate for households has been dropping quite sharply over the years, over the line. And this is a 10, 15 year kind of a trend which is going through, which is a sign of worry. But I do agree with what uh, Srini just mentioned, which is that frankly, when we worry about things like savings rate and, and growth and consumption, the starting point paradoxically has to be investment. You know, India tends to consume when there is investment going through. India tends to earn more and save more when there is investment going through. We saw that, for instance, when the golden quadrilateral was being built 20 years ago. 
uh, 30 years ago when the markets were opened up and and money came in poured into various kinds of uh, infrastructure investments we saw what happened 10 years ago when when we saw a lot of banking money go into infrastructure investments which unfortunately did not end well uh, we saw again a growth in consumption that time so savings and and uh, uh, investments or savings and overall income is is structurally i think linked to investments which is why the the structural reforms required for spurring back an investment cycle is what we were all at least i was looking for very eagerly this is paradoxical suresh because at a time when capacity utilization is so low where where does investment come in from and the the answer is twofold one is foreign direct investment remember there are supply chains moving out of china and india should be grabbing its rightful share from there unfortunately the ease of doing business uh, uh, whether it's land laws labor laws contract enforcement judicial processes is still seen as being onerous in india which is why we are not grabbing our rightful share it's still not too late um second you know the the ingredients required for an investment cycle to be funded a healthy financial services ecosystem across banks and nbfcs uh, is just not there and third what i mentioned earlier lots of sectoral issues in in power real estate telecom airline and so on and so forth um again i repeat myself but these structural issues which are so vital to to get back the investment climate in the country uh simply haven't been addressed as yet uh, there are lots of small things happening and i have to acknowledge that for instance labor laws are being changed quietly um likewise uh, you know the corporate uh, tax rate cut is is very welcome for investments but it's it seems a little too little at this point in time um to get back savings to get back healthy macro uh you know uh, macroeconomic variables i think we need the investment cl- climate coming back again and a lot lot needs to be done on the structural side before that happens sure uh mr shrinivasan the fm in a recent post budget speech said the government was keen not to splurge to end the slowdown and i think she was referring to something which happened in the uh, post uh, gfc when i think uh, there was this relaxation in the fiscal deficit and things went to about 6% of fiscal deficit and and then immediately sharply after that particular year's growth momentum the next two years uh saw a slowdown is what she seems to be hitting at uh and she has said that we would instead focus on creating public assets as a policy approach based on what anant and you also just now said as a policy approach how relevant is it to the current economic logjam again it comes back to what uh, we've been grappling with and what anant is actually referring to uh, uh, over the last say 18 months and what in uh, in 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 media and where regulators talk is transmission and clearly understand resources are limited understand that um, both the rbi and the government are trying to sort of do all what they can to to spur investment trying to increase the flow of money and uh, everything else and uh, transmission meaning in respect to how much liquidity you put in um rates are not going lower banks are not lending system is to some extent broken so the whole thing is whatever the budget does or any off budget sort of policy measure which is taken is hitting a wall till we sort of sort out some of the systemic issues and try and clean the deck and then start from there and i think that's that's uh, that's something which was a hope at least in terms of whether in the budget or outside it trying to make sure that we we take, if someone has to take a hit we need to take the hit if the government has to step in to sort of provide some support needs to provide but at least clean the deck and i think 
then confidence will be back and people can sort of look ahead with 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 the reasonable comfort that they're not going to be blindsided by something which they didn't expect so that that i think that phase continues and that irrespective of whether you splurge don't splurge if you do whatever you're doing i think it's 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 not helping it's not helping so i think that that is i think uh, the biggest thing when anand talks of system whether it's real estate whether it's uh, nbfcs whether it's telecom i think we we need to clean the deck and make sure people are comfortable with the future outlook when you're not comfortable with future outlook and it's sort of uh, filled with uncertainty i think you hold back on anything you want to do and that's the phase we are going through and budget hopefully i was hoping will trigger some animal spirits by bringing some certainty in terms of things they putting putting some of these things behind us not happened so i think uh, we will have to muddle along uh, till we sort the problems out so ourselves or something sort of happens which forces us to do that sure right uh, professor narayan what likely growth triggers do the budget proposals contain now uh, you know what i just referred to fm's comment about creating public assets with the government's enhanced capital spending outlay and allocations for the national infrastructure pipeline possibly serve as adequate pump priming in your opinion because she's talking about creating public assets and on the government's uh, capital spending outlay there has been an improvement compared to uh, you know re of uh, 20 look um, as i mentioned F- finance minister sitaraman was working with a lot of fiscal constraints um, and and to be fair to her this hand was dealt to her um she is not the creator of the fiscal stress that 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 uh, she finds herself in and within those constraints i think she did a reasonably good job she did not cut down on expenditure and and uh, as i mentioned earlier the actual spending uh, is far higher than is acknowledged in official headline numbers or in even in the disclosed numbers in the in the sub chapters so there is money going into the system the government and the rbi as shrini mentioned are trying to do what they can to sustain growth Uh, there are also some good parts of the budget she's she's tried to do her bit on uh, for instance asset sales and disinvestment and uh, of course this is a political hot potato uh, the target that she's set for herself uh, at 2.1 lakh crores is is an enormous target never seen before in the history of any budget and it includes uh, erstwhile holy cows like uh, life insurance corporation of india now it's going to be a tough push through but um, in concept at least the government getting out of non essential businesses and raising money to pump back into hopefully capital expenditure and 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 productive investments such as education water healthcare etc is is absolutely welcome and one way to reignite hopefully the investment uh, climate second on the bond markets and in general in capital markets she has tried to make it easier for for people to bring in money particularly for foreigners to bring in money uh, i think the steps towards trying to uh, bring indian bonds into index inclusion as well as you know removing ddt etc the dividend distribution tax should be good for uh, many of the foreign investors so those are good things that she's tried to do uh, raise quality funding and try and uh, therefore sustain the spending that she's going through but um, in terms of actually reigniting the investment cycle i think a lot more needs to be done than just raising resources um, effectively to, to you, you need the private system remove its trust deficit get back its confidence again um and you know banks to start lending nbfc to start lending uh, and the investment cycle to start again and for that 
those structural issues are the ones that need to be uh, addressed. Now, I'll just belabor one particular point on banks and NBFCs. Uh, the finance minister and, and the government has been giving the impression that the steps they have taken, and they have taken lots of steps, you know, bringing NBFCs into the ambit of NCLT, um, then setting up a credit guarantee fund for uh, last mile financing of affordable housing as well as some NBFCs, etc. Uh, these are welcome steps, but they do seem very, very little at this point in time. The size of the gross non-performing assets, both on banks and on NBFCs, could be far higher than is acknowledged. And we might need a one-time solution, such as a bad bank or a, or a, a US-style TARP program uh, to actually cleanse the system. Alongside that, to make sure it's not good money going after bad money, uh, you have to make sure you deeply reform the system, uh, including, for instance, following through on the recommendations of the PJNI committee reforms. Now, these are deep, deep reforms, which will be very, very contentious. Uh, and possibly that's the kind of steps that need to be taken at this point in time to reignite growth. Now, mind you, growth will come back by itself. Uh, government is spending a lot. RBI is supporting that growth. Some cyclical sectors like autos, for instance, will show some growth towards the middle of the year once the new uh, environmental standards have come through. So we will see uh, cyclical growth and rural spending should go up as well with food, with food prices going up. But that that will not be enough to sustain a really good growth of, let's say, 8, 9, 10 percent, which we actually deserve and require. That will require deeper structural reforms at the moment that doesn't seem to be forthcoming as yet, as Shini was in indicating as well. Sure. Uh, Srini, um, um, your sector, I mean, your specialization, the uh, aspect of, uh, you know, the banking sector and NBFCs, has there been uh, an inadequacy? I mean, Anant did mention it right now, but uh, is there an inadequacy that there could have been something done in the budget directly to address some of the issues to do with NBFCs? I mean, the fact that there has been no one-time stimulus pension mentioned or something, uh, one-time, uh, should I say, you know, pumping in of some more uh, capital for NBFC uh, reforms or for banking sector uh, assistance uh, on the NPA side. Uh, is that something which is a concern to you, especially because the credit pipeline is clearly clogged? No one is lending and, uh, you know, it's a big issue. Budget, meaning action needs to be taken, whether in the budget or outside. And clearly the intent to take such action could have possibly come in the budget. So the whole thing the government needs to decide is whether the NBFC problem or the or what the primary link to say it's sort of real estate is a liquidity issue or uh, a credit issue and i think they are hoping that by trying to sort of provide various modes of liquidity the problem over a period of time will just go away and i think that's uh, i think that's the fundamental call which uh, is possibly not going right for them because there are some issues related to some of the lending on the books of uh, of NBFCs and to some extent possibly you could say a few banks which clearly could have credit implicate which which are which are bogged down by credit and unless you take a hit and right size the debt and right size um, the the project capital structures in terms of whether it's real estate or otherwise this problem by just pumping in liquidity is not going to go away because the NBFCs which are to some extent affected not the top two, three, would need capital and would need to then sort of clean up and then start again. And unless you do that, liquidity measures are not going to help. So all what the regulator and the government have thrown at the NBFCs is primarily saying, I'm giving you, I'll try and give you liquidity to multiple windows. I'm afraid that's not helping. So the, the 
what anand was anand was mentioning in terms of tap or whatever is primarily saying this is there's a great issue embedded here and we need to sort of address that rather than say that i opened multiple taps of liquidity i think uh, we got to uh, we got to smell the coffee and say this is not working this is a great issue and we need to address this differently so this the, the identification of this problem and saying that we understand this and we need to do something about it and having a structure or a framework could have come in the budget and i think that uh, that that would have helped sure fair enough. Uh, a final question to you professor narayan uh, does the budget help keep the economy on track for reaching the dollars 5 trillion mark uh, or is it just a bit of a pie in the sky dream where where are we on that look at the moment i i don't think we are on track to reaching this uh, 5 trillion mark by 2024 uh the good news though is that there is no reason why um, we can't start to improve our growth dramatically i know it's it's fashionable to say that with a with a with a aging population globally and given the global context it's difficult to reach high levels of growth i fundamentally disagree with that i think our potential remains pretty high if we start to address some of the structural issues that shrini and i have talked about i do think given our demographics given the the, the resources that we have it's quite within our reach to a bring in foreign direct investment as well as to have our own investment cycle restarted um, so as to get us higher rates of growth um, but for that we have to make a fundamental departure one quick point on this nbfc and ibc uh, etc that shrini also mentioned look i think where the government is stalled right now is twofold one is they see a moral hazard and i sympathize with that why should the government bail out private entities and that's a good point second is the insolvency and bankruptcy code is a lovely piece of legislation it's starting to hopefully settle down it will work for the future so they there therefore betters listen things will solve themselves and we should not get involved trying to bail out individuals i sympathize with the thinking but i think the size of the problem is just too large and therefore a one time solution is required alongside making sure there's accountability and there are structural reforms so that the cycle does not repeat unless we take steps like this and not just in the banks and nbfcs but the other sectors that i mentioned and the ease of doing business on manufacturing etc um i think that realization of that 5 trillion dollar potential uh, will remain uh, a kind of a uh, a bridge too far and shrinivas uh, your final thoughts on the the biggest positives that have come out of this budget what what do you think are the biggest positives ha that's uh, the big positive is that it's not done much damage i think it is basically continuing where we are and continuing with the trajectory in terms of um, uh, how exactly we look ahead clearly we have not moved back thanks to the budget uh, the from the the encouragement see the the, the only india whatever investment needs to happen whatever risk capital needs to come into the country primarily we is coming from offshore and through foreign investors because domestic invest in, in institutions as of now whether it's banks mutual funds and to a large extent insurance companies lack the risk appetite in terms of um, um, uh, putting money risk capital in risk capital to work in the current context and the only people who are willing to do that uh, seems to be the offshore investors so the budget recognizes recognizes that and to some extent offers a much more cleaner easier environment in terms of from a tax perspective uh, from a encourage incentive perspective for foreign investors to access uh, local markets and provide risk capital 
and I think that's 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 one of the big positives in the budget. The contra is also true. I think uh, the some things which have happened to the personal taxation side, in the long run, if people thought of hold back on some of the investments which they typically used to do or cut down, or some at least the higher tax bracket people start cutting down that. You could see smaller inflows in uh, small savings. You could see smaller, lower flows in terms of uh, um, uh, insurance. So domestic institutions and domestic capital, to some extent, can sort of uh, not grow at the same pace as before. So clearly, the positive foreign inflows encouraged, but clearly we need to make sure that the domestic institutions also continue to grow and get the flows as before and continue to provide. Capital to uh, Indian entrepreneurs and companies. Thank you very much, Anand. Thank you very much, Shrini. Really appreciate your uh, both of your sparing time for the Hindu. Thank you. Thanks, Suresh. Thanks, Shrini.